everybody doing this morning? Good to see you. Everybody survived those storms last night? Did you hear the wind and the rain and, and all that was going on? Wasn't that crazy? And <clears throat> I'm excited you're here today. Let's, let's just start off and go to the Lord in prayer this morning and ask Him to bless our service. Father, what a privilege it is to take a little time out of the, certainly the busyness of life, Lord, to come in here to, to Lord, to focus on what you have for us, uh, to hear from your word, Lord, to, to, to praise you and worship you in truth and spirit. And I pray that today, Lord, that no matter what's happening in each person's life in this room today, Lord, that we just stop for a moment. We'd focus in on first praising you through song, and then a little later, Lord, just focus in on what your word has for us. I believe it's going to be a help to us today, Lord. We need a touch from you. We need a, a fresh uh, a vision from you, Lord. We need help from you, and it's available today, and the word of God's available through the praises to you today, and I just pray that you supersede everything we plan to do today and that you have your free will and reign. Lord, if there is someone here who's never trusted you as their Lord and Savior, my prayer is today they'd get that settled. But, Lord, today is really, really most of the message that you put on my hearts for Christians today, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us through the storms of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. With all the rain yesterday, I was kind of driving uh, driving kind of late last night, there was some points where it seemed like you were driving through a small pond, and uh, I was definitely thankful for asphalt, a hard surface on which you can drive, but even more important is the foundation on which we build our life, and that's the, the rock of ages, that's Jesus Christ. So please stand as we sing Rock of Ages. Oh, 
but 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. He would have just been another man. He would have been somebody who was born, died, and uh, just happened to make it into the pages of history. But then verse 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He lives this morning. Amen. Let's sing He Lives. Yes. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. someone in the Lord today.
righty, if everyone go ahead and make your way back to your seats. <laughs> We'll continue this morning. This morning's special is sung by Miss Pat, Mr. Larry, Mr. Wayne, Mr. Bob, and we so appreciate them uh, sharing their their talents. Um, so you guys take it away. for singing. At this time, we'll go ahead and have uh, Children's Church. You are dismissed. You can head on to your classes. For everyone else in here, we'll go ahead and have a, a moment of prayer. Pray uh, with the person sitting beside you or, or just uh, there uh, quietly by yourself in your seat. and Ask God to help you to learn how to face the storms of life. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for giving us another day, another opportunity to 
serve you. You've given us life. Thank you, God, that uh, you know exactly what we need. You gave us uh, all that rain, and sometimes we don't uh, understand it or it's not, not pleasant, but you're the creator. You know exactly what the earth needs, and so I thank you. Thank you for that. I pray that you would help us to be attentive during the service. Pastor Mike, that you would give him power and clarity and help us to understand your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If everyone would please stand as we sing our final song before the service. It is well, no matter what storms are going through your life. Um, Through Christ, we can say it is well because we have ultimate purpose, we have ultimate hope. Let's sing it as well. <laughs> when peace like a Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. Thank you for singing. You may be seated.
Amen. Good singing this morning. Take your Bibles, Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27 this morning. And I do appreciate your prayers as always. And uh, uh, been one of the, been a kind of a crazy week. We won't go into all that, but it all is good. Amen. And uh, thank God he's in control still, and I'm thankful for that this morning. Acts chapter number 27. I had planned to preach a uh, this originally in the week, and then uh, uh, Friday morning, I guess it was, I got up pretty early and got down and put together a message and called Getting Past the Past and Moving Forward to the Future. And, and last night I was praying about, Lord, uh, make sure this is what you want me to preach tomorrow. And the storms were everywhere. So I don't know if that was a sign or not, but I decided I'm going back to the storm message. And uh, and so we're we're back here, Acts chapter 27 this morning. And, and uh, uh, I was reading about, uh, how many of you like Charlie Brown? Y'all remember Charlie Brown? Anybody remember? And uh, old Charlie Brown, he was... He built a beautiful sand castle at one point and worked on it for hours, stands back. You know how you get done with building something? You look back and look at, whoo, that's beautiful. I love my creation. And, and just about then, a, a storm brews up and the storm comes along and knocks over, blows over, and the water comes and destroys his sand castle. That masterpiece he built and was sitting there and then it's recorded, Charlie Brown said this and said, I don't know why all that happened, but I know this. I know there's a lesson in this. I'm just not sure what it is. Have you ever had a storm come in your life? Can I tell you, there's always a lesson in them for us if we, if we get real life. Because life is full of storms. I'm about, I'm about to say just a couple things. This won't be on the screen, but uh, this is something the Lord gave me a little later. But I, I wrote it down on here. I want you to maybe write this down. This will help you. But when storms come in your life, I, I think they reveal a couple things about us. Number one, what do storms of life reveal? They, they, they reveal, I think, the nature of our faith. The nature of our faith. How real our faith is. And so the storms of life reveal the nature of our faith. I think it also reveals this, the strength of our commitment. Uh, how committed are you? You'll find out when you go through a storm. It's easy while the sun's out, right? But when the storm hits, you'll find out how committed you are and, and so forth. So the nature of our faith and the strength of our commitment. I think it also reveals this, the level of our maturity. Level of our maturity. And I'm talking about spiritual maturity on how we're going to handle certain things. And have you been in the storm and didn't pass some of those? <laughs> and, uh, and so it is, it's a revealing thing. It also reveals this the healthiness of our attitude. <laughs> the healthiness of our attitude. Sometimes when the storm comes, our attitudes go, don't they? And, and I think it, they're revealing to us in a lot of ways. And I finally wrote this it also reveals how reachable I am. How reachable I am or how teachable I am. And, and sometimes in those storms is where we should be the most reachable, the most teachable of any time. Well, as we get to Acts chapter 27, we're going to read about a major storm happening here. And this is a physical storm, but it's also a, an emotional storm, a, 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 I guess a spiritual storm all at the same point. It's the Apostle Paul, and he's on a ship, and, and he's on his way with some other prisoners, and he's on his way to Rome. And, and while he's on that ship, he's under the supervision of a, of a centurion named Julius. And, you know, the typical way they would go and they would sail from Alexandria to, to Rome would be on what they called an ocean-going vessel back in those days. The, the vessels that were capable of getting on out and going via ocean, but I don't know why, but, but apparently there weren't none available or for whatever reason. They're not on an ocean-going vessel in this case. They're on what we'd call a coastal-going vessel. And, and that's one that just kind of goes from point to point stays close to the coast and works their way up the coast and so forth and hops and has a lot of stops and so forth. And, and so that's the kind of vessel that Paul's on here. And after several stops and even a ship change, the strong winds come in. Those winds come in. They're blowing, the Bible says, contrary. That means that they're blowing the exact opposite way they need to go on their ship. They're, they're right in their face. And, and Paul even warns the leadership of the, of the ship. He said, listen, we shouldn't go. These winds are going to destroy us and we should hold out till winter. And it was interesting while I was in Jerusalem. That was, it was amazing, uh, as you get over close to the Mediterranean Sea, how windy that place was. Brother DC and I went out on the beach. Hey, amen. See, y'all said Baptists aren't supposed to go to the beach. I went out on the beach and I enjoyed it. Somebody say amen. And, and it was windy though. I'm telling you what, it was, a, it was the windiest thing, the wind blowing off that Mediterranean Sea. And it was considered dangerous, especially in those times, even really today, to sail on the open Mediterranean from the period of about October to about mid-March. 
It was a dangerous time to be on there, but yet that's when they're sailing here. And, and so Paul warned them of impending danger if they continued on. He said, we ought to stop for the winter. Now, the leader of the ship made an, an ultimate mistake, sometimes a mistake we made. They, he decided he was going to heed his own advice instead of, uh, instead of believing the, the man of God who told him uh, that you're going to sail right into the storm. And that's where we're going to pick up our reading, just giving you some context. It's a very long chapter. I couldn't read the whole chapter, so get you caught up. But pick up verse 14. So the storm is now upon them. And read with me verse 14. The Bible says this, But not long after there rose against them, uh, it, it is uh, it, against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, uh, or Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. Which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest we shall fall into the quicksand straight sail and so we're driven. And being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And then the third day we cast out our own and we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when the sun or neither the sun nor the stars appeared, or many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you ever been in a situation, a storm, maybe not a physical storm, but I'm talking about the storms of life, where it seemed like all hope was taken away? This morning, that's what I want to preach on. Simply this, what to do when it seems like all hope is gone? Let's pray together. Father, we sure do thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you as we expound this passage, Lord, there are answers of how to face the storms of life. Lord, there are answers on what to do when all hope is gone. Every one of us in this room have been in that type of storm. Lord, and we just pray today you'd show us from your word exactly how to proceed. Help us now, we pray, with some truths from your word to face the storms of life. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you say, I've been there? I've been in a storm, or I've been in a situation in life where it seemed like all hope was gone. I mean, we could say, I can relate to what Paul's writing here under the inspiration of God. Certainly, I, I certainly can as well, and we don't need to go on to that. What do you do when that comes? What do you do when there is no sunlight, it seems, for days? By the way, they didn't see the sunlight for days, it said. What do you do when everything's dark and, and the storm's blowing you to and fro, they're being tossed to and from? How do you handle those situations? Well, that's what I want to preach on this morning from this passage because there's some answers right here. And Paul's going to give us an, a great illustration or a great example of how to handle the storms of life. Let's look at what he did when the storms came. Let's look at what he did when, when, there was, when it seemed like all hope was gone. Look with me in verse number 23 as we continue on. The, the Bible says this. He says, I, I believe he remembered the presence of God. Can I tell you when the storms come, remember God is with you. Amen. Remember the presence of God. In fact, read with me. I said 23, but look at verse 21. The Bible says, but after long abstinence, the storms tearing their ship apart, blowing all over them. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. He had stayed quiet up to this point. They didn't heed his advice and he'd been quiet, but now he's going to speak. And, and the Bible says Paul stood in the midst of them. He said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not loosed from Crete to have, uh, to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall, no, there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. You say, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm saying, say, hey, after being quiet for a long time, Paul stood up and said, you know, you should have listened to me, but he didn't harp on that very long. Remember that? And we've all done that, haven't you? Well, if you would have listened to me, you wouldn't have been in this situation. Well, especially to Paul, because he was man's God, God's man. And, and, but, he, but he didn't harp on it long. He said, here's what we're going to do now. Hey, be a good cheer. Listen, the ship's going down. Don't get me wrong. The ship's going to be destroyed, but not a single one of us are going to die. Could you imagine being in the midst of a storm and somebody tell you, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're not going to die. You say, how would he? how in the world did God know that? Because God told him. 
Because God was present in that circumstance. Read again in verse 23. The Bible says, For there stood beside me uh, this night the angel of God. Not an angel, the angel of God. I, I believe that the Lord Himself, right there with Paul, who, He said, Whose I am and whom I serve. Paul said, Listen, we're going to be alright. You want to know why? Because God is with us. He remembered the presence of God. Can I tell you, that same, that same thing's true for you in the midst of your worst storm this morning. Listen to me. God is still with you. How many of you believe that this morning? He is still with you even in the midst of your worst one. Remember the presence of God. If you've ever been born again, if you've ever, you've ever had a day where you realized you were a sinner separated from a holy God and you repented, you changed your mind and you believe, put your full weight and trust the gospel message, the fact that Jesus died for you, was buried, rose again. Listen, you are born again, you are on your way to heaven and God is with you. And He's with you even during the storms of your life. I hope you believe that this morning. Listen, Paul remembered the presence of God. How many of you forget that from time to time? How many of you get to a place where we, we look at the circumstances instead of Christ who's above the circumstances? And we forget, even in the midst of the storms, God's still with me. He, hey, He won't leave me. He won't forsake me. Thank God for the promises of the Word of God. There's not a friend that's sticking closer hey, than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He is present in your storm. That's what I want you to know. Paul remembered that. God gave him a word. He said, listen, boat's going down. <laughs> you can forget about the boat, but there's not going to be a single life lost. God is present. Look at the end of verse 23. I can't go on without at least hitting. It doesn't fit the message, but, but it does fit the Bible. Amen. He says this about that one, the angel of God who showed up. Not an angel, the angel of God. He says, whose I am. Whose I am and whom I serve. Amen. You know what Paul remembered? He remember whose he was. He remember who he belonged to. Can I tell you, you look at your storm and, and you can look at the devil, whatever you think caused your storm, you look at him right now and said, listen here, you might, you might destroy all this, you might destroy the ship, the things around me might go down, I'm not going down because I belong to him. Remember whose you are, remember who I am and, and who you belong to. Thank God, even in the storms, don't ever forget that you're, you're a dear child of God this morning is what I want to encourage you with. Remember the presence of God. But notice with me next. Not only did he remember the presence of God, I think this, he remembered the providence of God. Verse 24, the Bible says, saying, he goes on to say, Fear not, Paul. This is what the angel of the Lord said. And the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all men that sail with thee. He says, Fear not, Paul. He said, Why? Because God's in control. Hey, how many of you believe that this morning? God's in control. Hey, God says, fear not. He said, you must be brought before Caesar. It was already part of, of God's plan that he was going to be brought before Caesar. And so God tells him to fear not. Fear not, Paul. 62 times our Bible and the, the, that I've found anyway in the inspired impeccable Word of God says fear not. You and I don't have to fear listen as Christians. Genesis 26 24 he said fear not for I am with thee and will bless thee. Isaiah 43 5 fear not for I am with thee. How many of you know he's with us remember his presence and remember we don't have to fear because God is in control. Can I tell you don't let the spirit of fear cripple you. Uh, there's too many Christians do that. He didn't give us the, the power of, of, of fear. He gave us the power of a sound mind. That, 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 listen, God, God doesn't, He doesn't give us the spirit of fear. He gives us the power of sound mind and of love and, and thank God for that. How about this? We do this with those, uh, those imaginations, those things that come into our lives, those, those, those moments when we get overwhelmed by our own thoughts. Usually that's what overwhelms us. Can I get an amen right there? We got to do what Paul said over in First Corinthians chapter or Second Corinthians chapter number ten, verse five. He said, "Cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Jesus Christ." Here's what we do: we cast those negative thoughts down. We said, "I don't have to fear because I belong to God. He is with me, and He's going to see me through it because He's in control." He remembered the providence of God. The first thing I want you to see under that, he remembered the providence of God. I think there's a couple things in there. First of all, he remembered this. God had a plan for his life. Look what it says again in verse 24. The Lord said unto him, He says, Fear not, Paul, thou must, not you might be, thou must be brought before Caesar. In order for him to be brought before Caesar, he had to make it to Rome. That means the ship couldn't go and Paul couldn't die. 
Because God said, you're going to make it before Caesar. You're going to make it. You're going to be all right. You're going to be there. I got a plan for your life, and your plan right now is you're heading to Rome. You're going to, you're going to appeal to Caesar. You're going to stand in front of him. You must, it's going to happen. Therefore, there's no ship. There isn't no storm. There isn't, there, there isn't anything anybody could do to keep him from keep getting to what God promised him he was going to do. Isn't that a good encouragement today? He said, what's that got to do with me, preacher? Can I tell you God's got a plan for your life? God's got a, And short of your own personal disobedience, can I tell you, there, there's no storm from hell. There's no, there's no situation. There's no other person in this world that's going to keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life other than your obedience. So listen, you just hang on and say, God, you got a plan for my life. I don't have to fear this storm. I don't have to fear that. you got it worked out. You're the provident. You're the supreme ruler of all God, and I'm trusting in you. God had a will for his life. He had, he had a plan for his life. And God said, you must be brought before Caesar. We can trust in God's plan. How many of you are thankful for that? I'm thankful we can. God also said, I believe this in verse 24. I saw this. God had people to help him. God had people to help him. He said, what do you mean? Look at verse 24. He's saying, fear not. Thou must be brought before Caesar. I got a plan. You're going to be brought before Caesar. And lo, God have given thee all them that sail with him. I remind you, Paul wasn't alone on the ship. Paul was not alone in his storm. You need to think about that for a minute. Paul was not alone. He said, I've given thee all these people to sail with me. God in His providence had people to help Paul during this time. Can I tell you, Paul, you're never alone in your storm. If you're a child of God, can I tell you, first of all, we know God's with you. He promised that. You know, you've got other people around you to help you in your storm. Do you know the, the, the Bible says, listen, you have, he's given you pastors to help you, to, to, to give some counsel from God's Word. Jeremiah 3.15 said this, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. He's ordained others to help you. Paul said this in Ephesians 4.11, he said he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers so, for perfecting of the saints. And listen, I, I don't know who it will be, whether it's, whether it's me or, your, or another pastor or your preacher, or whether it's a Sunday school teacher, whether it's a deacon, whether it's a dear brother or sister, in Christ, a, a spiritual, uh, a spiritual giant. There's people around you that will help you through your storm. Isn't that great? That's why it's so great to be part of a church family. That's why it's so great to be part of a, a local assembly that assembly that assembles together. So we can love one another and provoke one another unto good works, and we can encourage one another. We can edify one another. The Bible says, uh, uh, "Not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together in manner some is, but 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 to come together so we can exhort one another so much the more as we see the day approaching." Aren't you thankful? There's people around you. There's good Christian friends and good Christian circles that'll help you in your storm. Aren't you thankful for that? Listen, we get to the point, and listen to me carefully. The storm comes. I know this. I can, I can relate. I can, I, I, I got the t-shirt and the, the overcoat and all of it to go with it. When the storm comes, you know what we do? We hole up, don't we? We try to separate from everybody else and get alone, and we just want to go through our storm alone. God said, I didn't design it that way. Paul, listen, I gave you a bunch of people there. They're going through the storm with you. Y'all are in this together, and by golly, you can make it. Because of my providence, I'm in control. Thank God he had, listen, a plan for, for Paul's life. They're going to make it to Rome. He said, you must go before Caesar. He had, he had people around Paul to help him. Thank God we got people around us to help us too. And, and the Bible makes that abundantly clear. To help us through the storms of life. Listen, lean on them. Lean on them. Here's the, cool, here's the, here's the critical part. Though. How many of you agree with the truths I've said so far today? I mean, just say, that's true, that's true, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's why you say that's true, by the way. Amen. That's a good, it's a good Bible word for that. Preach on, preach right there. That's a good word. <laughs> Thank you, J.D. Amen. I got one in here. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> listen, listen. Here's the tough part. We know it's true here, but do we reckon it and believe it? That's a fundamental difference. Fundamental difference. You want to know why Paul made it through the storm? And how he could really face the storm and not fear? Not just because he knew God said fear or not. Not just because he knew God was with him. Not just because he understood intellectually the fact that God had a plan. But look with me, verse 25. I think it's where we are. There it is, yep. The Bible says, Wherefore, sirs, Hey, because of this, Paul said, 
Because we're not alone in this storm. Because God's got a plan. We must get before Caesar. I'm, I'm going to make it. He said, wherefore, sirs, here's, let me tell you what. Even in the midst of the storm, be of good cheer. And here's why he could say that. For I, what's that next word? Believe God. For I believe God. <laughs> That's a fundamental difference. He said, well, I believe God, or I wouldn't be sitting here on Sunday, preacher. I believe God. No, no, no. I'm not talking about an intellectual belief. Listen to me. I'm talking about the same belief that you've got to have in order to be saved. It is literally my full weight, trust, and confidence. I'm sitting down. I have that much confidence that God's got this under control. When Jesus said, repent ye and believe the gospel, that's the idea. Not intellectually understand there was a Savior who came and died for you and rose again. Listen, no, it's that I put my full weight and trust that in the fact that He did that just for me. I reckoned it to be true for me. That's how we get saved. But listen, that's how you also face the storms of life. You can believe God is with you. He's present in the midst of your storm. Do you believe that this morning? That's the question. You can believe God's got a plan in His providence. Listen, He's got people to help you. Do you believe that this morning? I hope you do, because Paul did. He said, I believe God. For I believe God. That made all the difference right there. That made all the difference. It wasn't just, hey, I, well, I know these are truths and all that, but... He said, no, for I believe God. We're going to make it. The storm's going to pass. Listen, look outside right now. The sun is out. Amen. The sun's coming, and Paul understood that he was going to make it. He's going to be all right. Because, he listen, he remembered the presence of God. He remembered the providence of God. Look with me next. He also remembered the power of God. He remembered the power of God. Look with me, verse 26. The Bible says this. How be it? We must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come... As we were driven up and down Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing, uh, the Bible says, or fearing, I'm sorry, uh, lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the storm and wished for day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let the boat uh, into the sea, under color, as though they had uh, they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Paul said unto the satyrian and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the boat and let her fall off. And and while there was and while the day was coming, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This is this day is fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you take some meat, for this is your this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. That's confidence right there, isn't it? And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of all of them. In the midst of the storm, he's still thanking God. In the midst of all of them, and when he had broken it and began to eat, then were they all of good cheer, and they were they all took some meat. And we were in the ship, two hundred, three score, and sixteen souls. That's how many people were in there. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Paul's telling us, Paul tells them back in verse 26, they're going to crash. <laughs> He's just told them, be of good cheer. We're going to make it, we're going to make it, but we're going to crash. Can you imagine being in that situation? We're going to crash, and, but we're going to be all right, because he just told them that. Verse 27, he tells them, just like me, I was do that. Listen to what they did. The other folks begin to doubt God. They, they started coming up their own plan, if you wanted. They tried to figure everything out for themselves. And they, 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 they were fearing even after God had said, fear not. And they, they're coming down. And verse 29, look what they start doing. They, they start casting out their own anchors. And the Bible says in verse 29, for then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for days, and they just started trying to take things into their own plan. And, and instead of relying on God and the power of God to get them through the storm, they started relying on themselves. And, uh, and uh, can I just tell you that sometimes the storm comes in our lives for one reason and one reason only, to get us to quit relying on ourselves. Y'all get that? Sometimes the storm comes... And God allows it because we get too self-reliant. Can I get an amen there? And he says, you need to remember I'm in control. You need to remember I'm the one you need to trust in. 
But so many times our response to the storm is what they did. They try to take matters in their own hand. We'll figure it out. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll figure it out. And God's saying, you're, you're making your storm longer. It's what you're doing. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to show you you can trust in me. You can believe in me. You can, that I'm with you. That you can trust in my plan for your life. And instead of you figuring out, won't you just cast your cares upon me for I careth for you? Won't you, won't you let me handle it? That's why I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to teach you to humble yourself a little bit and put Put your trust in me and me alone. Sometimes we make our storms go a little longer by trying to handle them ourselves, don't we? We remember the power of God to save us in the midst of the storm. Listen to what it does here. The Bible says in James 4.10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Remember the power of God. Can I tell you that God's got the power to save us. We understand that, right? He's got the power to save you. Look with me in verse 30. That means that that means physically here in the physical storm they're in. The Bible says in in verse thirty, and the shipmen went uh, were about to flee out of the ship, and they had let their the boat out to sea under color, as though they had cast anchors of the foreship. You say, what what does that mean? Under color is an interesting word. We don't talk that way today. It literally means under pretext. In other words, they were faking it. Are you with me? They they were they they weren't they weren't. They said, we're, here, here's what we're doing. We're, we're going to let the anchors down. You know what they were doing? They weren't letting the anchors down. They were letting down the, the, the little boats, that they, the little skiffs or the little, little, little boats the, the, that they could jump into because they said, we're going to crash and we're figuring out how to get out of here. They, they pretended to let down the anchors, but because they were so fearful, they weren't trusting God, they said, no, we still got to figure our way out. Let the boats down. Paul, we're going to let down the anchors, all right? We're gonna let, we believe God. We're going to let down the anchors. Let that ship down and let's jump in it and get out of here. Let the little safety boat down and so we can get out of here. What do they call them? I don't know what they call them. Skiffs or whatever they call it. They were planning to flee the ship and get out on their own. What a picture of the world that thinks they can save themselves. Spiritually too. Amen. I tell you, we can't save ourselves. You can't do enough good works to merit heaven. There's no skills. If I do more good than bad, I get to end. The Bible says I can't give enough money away. I can't do enough things to ever merit heaven. The Bible says in Titus 3, 5, and it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Friends, there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to be spiritually saved, and that is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is for you to understand that, that, that without the shedding blood, there is no remission. And Paul said this, he, he reminded them, except ye abide in the ship don't jump off don't get in a skiff don't go your own way here's the only way you're going to make it through this storm you abide right here in this ship and I tell you the only way you're going to make it is abide to heaven is to abide in the ship of the Lord Jesus Christ it's the only way Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the Father but by me it didn't by your own your own uh, figuring out your own way it didn't by your own sailboat it didn't by your own safety ship your own skiff you're letting down it's only through the ship of the Lord Jesus Christ and thank God for that they were trying to figure it out on their own weren't they they didn't believe Jesus had the power to save them from this storm now let me get some application here for just a second how many of you just say, listen, I know I'm on my way to heaven because I've trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone. I've trusted in His finished work. I'm, I'm saved by grace through faith. It wasn't works I've done. Uh, I'm not boasting about that. It's only through His grace. And I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know Jesus saved me. How many of you just testify that this morning? I know. Praise God, I know. Here's your challenge. So you telling me you believe Jesus his finished work on Calvary's cross and His resurrection was sufficient for you to be saved. He can save your soul from an eternity in hell and give you the promise of an eternity in heaven. Y'all believe that? I hope you do. If you don't, you can trust that today. Amen. But listen, dear Christian, this is for you. We believe all that and we can't believe that Jesus can help us through the little storms that come in life. See the difference? Not only can he can, he will. I tell you that he's got the power to save us through the storms. I tell you this, he's got the power to sustain us even in the storms. Sometimes the storms last a little longer than we want. Can I get a witness there? Amen. Sometimes they don't go away tomorrow. It isn't always I just pray, Lord, take this storm out of my life, and tomorrow I wake up and the sun's out. Sometimes it's still raining. Sometimes the wind's still blowing. Sometimes it's still contrary. Hit me right in the face. Anybody else can testify like that? 
So what do I need then? I know He's going to save me from it. I know I don't have to fear it, but what do I need then? I need some sustaining. How about you? This storm wasn't done yet. Even though the promise was already there, they were going to make it. But God just didn't have the power to save them. He had the power to sustain them. Verse 33, we read it a minute ago, but look what He does. Right in the midst of the storm, He provides all their food. And while the day was coming, coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. You need to eat. That's what he's saying. It's the 14th day we've been out here in the storm. We're getting tossed all around. We've tarried. We've been fasting. Nobody's eating in 14 days. And, and listen, he said, he said, I pray, I'm asking you to take some meat, take some food for your health. And then he reminds them of that wonderful promise again. Look at it. For there shall not be a hair fall from the head of any of you. Remember, God said we're going to make it. And so here's what the Lord does. He provides even in the midst of the storm everything they need to be sustained. They have food. They have nutrients. They have sustenance. And they're going to make it. God met their needs. Amen. Can I tell you, the Bible's still clear in Philippians 4, and verse 19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. How many of you glad God can meet our needs? Even in the midst of the storm. Thank God for that. He met their needs. Hey, remember the power of God. He's got the power. The power of God is available and, and, and can save you and help you through the storm. It can sustain you. It can also strengthen you. Look what it does next in verse 36. The Bible says this, and, and they were all of good cheer, and they all also took some meat. Verse 37 says, and when they were in the, all in the ship, 200, uh, three score and 60 souls, and, and a ton of folks in the ship, and when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. They were strengthened. They were encouraged. They were of good cheer, the Bible says. That literally means this. That be of good cheer. It literally means be in good spirits. Hey, in the midst, the storm's still going, right? All they got now is a word from God, a promise from God, but they're still in the midst of the storm. But now the Bible says they're of good cheer. Do you know this? You can be of good cheer, right? You can be of good spirit, right, in the middle of your storm because listen God's going to give you the power to do it he's not even going to save you through the storm sustain you he can strengthen you right in the midst of the storm and that proves that circumstances don't control our attitudes I'm going to say that one more time circumstances should not control our attitudes <laughs> they're in the middle of the storm they're good cheer I don't, I, I don't think remember they were fearful just a minute ago so I don't think they're these macho ones standing out there. Bring it on, storm! A minute ago they were crowding, they were they were fearful, trying to figure out, get the ship down, we're jumping off, we're getting on it, we're getting get in the little ship, get out of here, remember? But now all of a sudden they're good cheer, of good spirit. That's what God's word can do for you. That's what the power of God can do in your life. Right even in the midst of the storm. He brought them, made them good cheer. You know what they've done now? Here's what they've done. They've taken their eyes off the storm. Instead they put their eyes on the Savior. Isn't that pretty cool? And it changed them. They went from fearful, trying to escape, figure out how to get out of this on their own, to just trusting in God and saying, they're a good spirit, they're a good cheer. How did they make that transition? That was it. There's a storm. There's my Savior. My Savior is greater than my storm. I'm going to follow my Savior. Pretty simple, isn't it? Hard to do sometimes in the storm, but here's what Paul said. That's what they did. And the Bible says they were all of good cheer. 276 people on that ship that appeared to be doomed for death. The Bible says they are of good cheer. I know one thing. That proves right now they weren't a Baptist church. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> but I want you to get this. It doesn't matter what your storm is. God is more powerful than your storm. Listen. When the storms of life come, when it seems like all oh, hope is gone, can I, can I encourage you this morning, remember the presence of God. Remember the providence of God. Remember the power of God. But can I close? Because this is what I want to get to. This is the real how-to. That's the remembering stuff. Here's, here's some of the things you need to do. Realize this. Realize the promises of God. Look back in our text, verse number 38 or 39. The Bible says this. And when it was day, they knew not the land. They weren't there yet. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea 
and loosed the rubber bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. The forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers counseled, uh, as, and the soldiers counseled was to kill the prisoners. I said, boy, the ship's breaking. We're going down. Kill all the prisoners, what they're saying. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the satyrian, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should, should uh, cast themselves into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and it came to pass that they escaped. Here's a key word. What's that next word? All safe to land. You say, what, 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 what's the last step here? And I'll tell you, listen, when the storms of life come, remember His presence. Remember His providence. He's got a plan. He's going to help you through it. Amen. Uh, he's got people to help you. Remember the power. He's got the power to save you through your storm. He's got the power to save your soul for eternity. He's got the power to strengthen you, sustain you, help you make it through that storm. And remember the promises. God had promised they were going to make it. Right? Paul said, listen, the only way you're going to make it is stay on the ship. And they had to this point obeyed, even though they had their own thoughts. They, they listened. They stayed on the ship finally. And here's the one thing about storms. I love this part about storms. You know what this, that is? They all end. Have you noticed that? Storms eventually roll on. The sun does come out. And they made it through. Let's look as we finish today. I want you to see how they made it through. Number one, I wrote this. They committed to God's plan. Look at verse 40. The Bible says, And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea. Instead of jumping off and jumping ship, they said, we're going we're gonna to trust God. He's going to deliver us. He said we'd make it. And, and they pulled up the anchors, and here they go. They loosened the bands, and they put the sail up, and they, they headed to where shore should be, and they just committed to God's plans. Uh, they, they understood, not our way. We're just going to commit to God. He said he would, even in a storm, God has a plan. Then they also did this. They cast themselves, I said, into God's purpose. Look at verse 43. The Bible says, But the satyrian, being willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. They wanted to kill the prisoners, remember. And commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves into the sea and get to land. Even in the storm, God's got a purpose. They cast themselves into the sea. While God's destroying the ship, you know what he was doing? He was removing anything else they could rely on other than him to get them to the shore. Huh. Sometimes that's one of the best things we can do in life. I got a little line here that says, I'm not supposed to get over here. They can't see me on the Internet if I'm over there. But, uh, sorry, I just noticed that. <laughs> I remember what that was for. <laughs> but sometimes the best thing that can happen for us is to, to lose some things that we're relying on to get us through the storm so we can solely and completely rely on God to get us through the storm. God destroyed that ship. Some of them swam. How many of you be, how many of you be fearful then? How many of you can't swim? <laughs> some of them swam, the Bible says. Hey, some jumped in. They cast themselves in the sea. They, they, they cast themselves into God's purpose. And some of them couldn't swim. Some of them had to clutch hold of some other things. You know what? I think God knew that. Look at verse 44. The Bible says, And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. Some swam, some grabbed boards, some got on broken pieces of the ship, but they all escaped to land safe. Listen, realize the promise of God. Commit to His plan. Cast yourself into His purpose. Some just jump right in and say, Go, it's time to swim. And some clutched hold of God's provision. I don't think it's coincidental. I don't believe in a lot of coincidences. You might, I don't. I believe in the sovereignty and providence of God. Amen. It isn't coincidental that when the ship was destroyed and, and started to come apart, that, that all the wood didn't go out to sea. You know where it was? It was right there for the ones who still needed God to provide a way, that couldn't swim to grab a hold of 
and to float their way right into shore. Isn't that pretty cool? God always provides a way, doesn't He? Some swam. Some grab hold of boards. Let me just throw this out to you for free this morning. It's the only time you'll see board mentioned in the old Bible, and I'll leave that right there. Amen. <laughs> but no matter how they got there, God provided the way. Listen, I tell you, we can clutch hold of God's provision. Amen. We clutched hold of His provision. When you're in the storm, remember God's presence. Remember His providence. Can I encourage you? Remember His power. And listen, realize the promises. Just commit to His plan. Cast yourself into His purpose. And then watch Him provide the provision and clutch hold of it as He brings out that better day. I wonder how many folks in this room right now are going through some storms. The truth is, we said this last Sunday night, and we preached a little bit on storms last Sunday night. Now have a different text, but the truth is simply this. You're either in one, coming out of one, or about to go in one, right? This is one of those messages, listen, this is applicable anytime you preach it, because somebody is in the midst of a storm. Can I encourage you today? Remember, he's with you. Remember his presence. Okay? Remember, he's in control. He's got a plan. Remember this morning that he's got the power to see that plan through. He can sustain you. He can save you. He can strengthen you. And remember his promises today. Just commit to his plan. Cast yourself into whatever his purpose is in this storm. And clutch hold of his provision to get you through the storm. And you can survive the storms of life. That is what we do when all hope is gone. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for the Word of God, Lord, that's timeless. Lord, the truths of it are just as applicable today in the storms we face in life as they were in the day that Paul faced this physical storm in the midst of the sea. God, you're a God who cannot change. You say in your Word that I am the Lord and I change not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, if you can help Paul through his storm, through, through these principles, you can help us through any storm we'll face by applying these truths to our lives as well. God, it's not a matter of if storms are going to come. It's a matter of when. And I pray when they do, Lord, we remember you're with us, your presence. We would remember your power, Lord. I pray that we remember your promises and we'd remember your providence. You're in control. Thank you for being that kind of God. Thank you that there's no storm in life that's greater than the Savior who saved me. Thank you that there's nothing that can happen, Lord, that you're not above and can control. Help us to trust in you. Help us to not to fear not. Help us, Lord, to just rely on you in the storms of life. Have your will and way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd stand with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room. Let me ask you this this morning. First and foremost, can I tell you, if you're here today and you've never, ever trusted Jesus as your Savior, you never had a day where you understood you were a sinner separated from God, but and then turn and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, while you believed in your heart that God is raising from the dead. If you've never had a day where you've done that, can I tell you, get it settled today. He's got the power to save you today. He's got the power to... Uh, to, to take you from your from your destination right now which is a place the bible calls hell and change that destination to forever be with the lord in a place the bible calls heaven and that's all through your faith in his finished work through his death burial and resurrection i just want to ask real quick no one's looking heads are bowed eyes are closed there's someone in this room right now just say preacher that's me i'm not sure i'm not sure if i died today i'm not sure if the the ultimate storm of life which many times is death, comes along, that I'd be in heaven today. I'm not sure, but I'd like to know. Right now, just hold your hand up as Miss Joanne plays softly. Hold your hand up. I just want to pray for you. Anybody like that? I'm not sure, preacher. I'd like to know, though. I need to get it settled today. Anybody like that? Let me ask you, dear Christians, today, how many of you would say, I'm in a storm right now? Preacher, I'm in a storm right now. Many hands. 
me say, I may not be in one right now, but I sure have experienced a ton of them. And it's, it's tossed me to and fro quite a bit, unfortunately, preacher. I, I'm, I'm willing to admit that today. I may just say that. That's been, my, that's been a lot going on in my life like that. If you're not in one, you're not coming out of one, can I lovingly say, hang on? probably one coming. Why don't today you just come and maybe do a little business with God at this altar or right there in your seat. And thank God that even in the midst of the fiercest storm that can ever be created, that nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Remember, He's with us. He's present. Remember, He's in control. Remember His providence. I encourage you to remember his power. He can save you from the storm. He can sustain you through the storm. That's the God we serve. And remember his promise. There's a sunny day coming. There's a better day coming. It's all available through the promises of God. Whatever you need, this altar's open. You come and you pray there and you see. Do business with God.